Hi, this is TJ Dubois at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show, which, if you were listening last week, uh, was planned to be a bit different this week. Last week was a bit different in that we couldn't have Bob on because he was on a plane. This week we do have Bob on, but <laughs> he's reached his destination, and I'm very pleased to say uh, we can speak to him now. Hello, sir. Tell us where you are. Oh, uh, I am in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where the weather is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I'm looking outside on a sort of desert mountain scene. Um, the reason for being in America, not actually the reason for being in Phoenix, Arizona, but the, one of the reasons for being in America is that next week I am going to fly to New Orleans uh, and hopefully uh, we'll be speaking uh, to Rob Kuhig um, and also going to Missy Kuhig's shop as well. Um, as I know that listeners will probably be thinking, well, hang on, you can speak to Rob Kuhig when he's at Adams Park. Well, yes, I know that, but I want to come out. Um, and experience the Wickham Wanderers worldwide phenomenon um, in what is sort of its spiritual home away from Adams Park, which is obviously Louisiana. And celebrating Mardi Gras this Tuesday, of course, with a, a fantastic win at Adams Park. Uh, still to come on the show this week as well, we'll hear from two Gareths. Uh, from That's Gareth Ainsworth speaking after that win, and Gareth McCleary as well, uh, who scored a goal. We'll reflect uh, on the defeat away at Accrington on Saturday. Only slightly. <laughs> yes, we'll try. We'll try and sort of brush over it uh, in our uh, fantastic. We, <laughs> we can brush over Accrington if we. If that's a thing. Uh, we'll also in our Wickham Wanderers ex player association slot be catching up with Stephen Toll, who used to play in a number of defensive positions in the early eighties. You may well remember him. And we will also catch up with Dave Ward, uh, of course, the manager of Wickham Wanderers Women, uh, following the news uh, that he is going to step down at the end of the season. And we'll have another dose of Gareth before the end of the show as well. Uh, all that and more still to come. Uh, plus, we'll, uh, if you haven't heard, we'll be revealing, if that's the right word, uh, the Bucks and Bucks uh, Senior Cup semi-final opponents, or as they say where Bob is, semi-final opponents. What a shame that they didn't actually ask us to do the draw live, because we would have definitely done that. No, absolutely. Well, I think it has been sort of mooted, so it might, it might happen in the future. Oh, has it? Oh, oh, yeah, you know, that would be very exciting. We'd like to do that. I, I, I would like to, 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 to have the, the um, you know, the, the really important job of putting the balls into the little hat and then drawing <laughs> them out. That would be very exciting. That would be a highlight. Uh, still to come, uh, keep your ears yes, open for that. Anyway. <laughs> I could just be a big go-caller and do that, I suppose. <laughs> Yes. Uh, let's first of all, though, reflect uh, on uh, the, the trip to Accrington, where bingo, I'm sure, is very popular, and <laughs> I imagine. And also, <laughs> also though, uh, seven games there uh, without, a, without a win after, after that defeat. And it all looked so good as well, didn't it? Um, so, so Sam Boak's putting us ahead after 13 minutes. Um, and he was thinking, oh, great, OK, you know, this is, this is going to be our day. Then Accrington equalised. Then suddenly Kai Kai scored. And he thought, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be our day. Um, but no, then, then Accrington scored uh, twice more um, and even managed to have a player sent off as well. Uh, and thanks for that, for, for um, the red card going to Mitch Clark um, for a late challenge on Dominic Gape. Of all the players that it could have been, we didn't need it to be on Dominic Gape, who did actually manage to last the full 90 minutes, uh, although tellingly did not play uh, and was not even in the, the side uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, disappointing as he's only just come back from injury. And also, it's, it's not the first time. There have been two goals up, of course. Oh, I know. And you just oh, come on, come on, just, just, you know, just hang on to a lead. Um, and uh, again, we we will come on to this with regards to uh, Tuesday night. Uh, but you know, interesting sort of like the difference uh, that happens when Anis Mametti is starts uh, as opposed to coming on as a substitute. 
No, definitely. And really interesting as well that Gareth went with the back four on Tuesday and three at Accrington as well. But as Gareth says a bit later on, um, you know, we've been top of the table with the back three. Yeah, well, and that that's true. And also, I really remember Gareth saying earlier on in the season that, you know, all teams do go through a bad spell. Uh, and even cited Manchester City as, you know, even they will go through a bad spell. Uh, we're going through ours, obviously, at the moment, although hopefully now we have come through it. Um, but obviously, again, you know, slightly disappointing that actually it was only a few weeks ago that we were top of the table and now that actually we're just outside the playoffs. But let, let's look at it in a glass half full type way. You know, what a fantastic opportunity we now have to, you know, to be that team that then pushes on straight back through through the, you know, into the playoff positions uh, and cementing our place there uh, well before the end of the season. I think as well, it's still really tricky to get a, a good picture, isn't it? Because so many teams uh, have you know, played different number of games as well. Yeah, I mean, it, a, a bit like sort of last season, isn't it? It's it's not very, it's quite messy at the moment. Uh, football generally, actually, when you look at tables, postponements and things like that. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so, you know, everybody does seem to have played different games. Annoyingly, that Plymouth currently below us have played two less than we have. Um, but at the same time, you look at Oxford, who've played 36, uh, and they're the only ones who played 36 at the moment. Uh, you know, you, you'd rather be us than them, possibly. And I know that we've spoken before as well, but so many teams do have a bit of a wobble, don't they, at certain parts in the season. And, uh, you know, especially more recently, um, Wickham's defensive uh, record doesn't seem to be quite so good. But I, was, I saw another stat that says, you know, we're still well up there in the, in the number of clean sheets in the season that we've had. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, and exactly as you say, you know, some teams do really, really struggle. Um, you look at Charlton at the moment, who've lost their last five. You look at Lincoln, who, if you remember earlier on, you know, not that long ago, were beating Sunderland, who've now lost their last three. Um, so, yes, you know, t- teams do have wobbles. Um, and Sunderland as well, you know, finally managed to get, get a win. But clearly, you know, things are, are not happy um, up on Weir's side. Uh, so returning to Tuesday, which um, was a great opportunity to sort of put things right. There's something quite nice in there about playing on a Tuesday after a, a disappointment on a Saturday and you, you get fresh um, sort of impetus, I guess it is the word. And, and Gareth saying that he got them in for, for extra training on Tuesday as well to sort of improve their, their free kick concedings. And didn't it work? Uh, the fact that we were two up within 15 minutes and finally, you know, that's what we wanted. Finally, you know, just one of those games where you could then actually watch it and think, oh, good, OK, yes, you know, everything is going to be OK today. Um, you know, I know that, you know, it was slightly nervy um, towards the end. Sam Vokes becoming a, a, a wonderful defender when he clears off the line. Um, but, you know, it, it just just fantastic that we finally managed to get three points because that was all I was really thinking was, you know, it, even going into the acting game, it was just like, I don't care how we win, you know, how messy it is, whatever. We just need to win. Um, obviously, it didn't happen against Accrington. It's so wonderful that, it managed, that we managed to do it against Cambridge. I mean, it really highlights, doesn't it, how influential Sam Vokes uh, has been. And you got Man of the Match, uh, sorry, um, Player of the Month uh, for February as well. You player, mentioned player of the Month, even, yes. Player of the Day, he got, he's got everything. Player of the Week, Player, player of... <laughs> <laughs> he's he's getting all the accolades at the moment. Player of the fortnight. <laughs> Uh, definitely, yeah, yeah, um, and I think also interesting uh, the position that Cambridge are in, and again we've said this previously that we are sort of getting to that stage of the season now where it's almost possibly better to play those teams that are maybe in the middle because actually they're not maybe like yet looking at their summer holidays, um, but probably you know they they are safe from relegation. They're probably not going to be troubling the, the playoff positions. Uh, whereas you look at a team cast actually you know keep even though they seem to be relegation zone do keep producing results oh news to see uh, Sam Vokes have been voted player of the last 10 minutes as well 
Oh, good, good, excellent. Um, and uh, you know, so so I hope I haven't now jinxed. Obviously, uh, this Saturday, where of course we're playing Crew, who are currently bottom of the division. Um, and uh, again, you know, they will probably you would feel maybe be slightly scrapping for their lives harder than Cambridge were. Um, but even so, again, you know, if we are serious about this getting into the playoffs, we need to be beating Crew. I'm really pleasing to see Anis Mamati on the score sheet as well. We've had Sully Kaikai scoring recently as well. It's, it's quite exciting, isn't it, for the, for the youngsters to be to be getting in and amongst the goals? Definitely. And I do feel with Anis that he is someone who, when he starts for Wickham, always seems to actually be more effective than when he comes on as a substitute. I always feel when he comes on as a substitute, he's a bit like the kid at school who who is easily the best player and tries to do absolutely everything. And it's as if he comes on and thinks, oh, I've only got 15 minutes to try and alter the, this game. I must try try and do absolutely everything. Whereas actually, I think he's a little bit more relaxed when he plays the full 90 minutes. Um, and so it was on, on Tuesday night. You know, he was absolutely wonderful. It's a really good point. Uh, we'll hear from the other goal scorer, Gareth McCleary, in a few moments' time. But manager Gareth Ainsworth spoke to Phil after the game. It's Mardi Gras, isn't it? So it's a present for Rob and Pete, that, you know, uh, and, and Missy over in New Orleans. I'm sure they, uh, they're celebrating today. And uh, so I think I had to win today. Um, but no, joking aside, I thought the boys were superb. You know, I really did. Uh, we had one scare there where Sam Vox has cleared it off the line. Apart from that, I thought we, uh, we looked dangerous a lot. We've been working on one or two things, as people will probably see tonight, and uh, I'm proud of the boys, uh, the bravery they showed at times on the ball. And they're good players. They're very good players when they can put it together like that. Having Ryan back was a big bonus, you know. He's struggled with his groin, um, but he's back now, and I thought he was imperious in defence. And brought Anthony along with him. Yeah, one or two changes. Anis is, uh, has come up with the goods really well, but Gareth McClear, I think, was, uh, was outstanding, back to his best. Uh, just all round, you know, the 11. We had a meeting yesterday and uh, Daz stood up in the meeting and, and, and just said to the boys, you know, this is just a bad run we're on. The, the performances have been there and, and I agree with him and it's really easy to look at the seven game unbeaten, uh, um, losing run, sorry, not losing, but not winning run and, and go right seven without a win. But if you look really in depth into it, two, maybe we didn't deserve to win. The rest of them, we're really fighting in there and 60-odd chances in two games. And we are a good side. And sometimes, you know, you, you've got very short memories. And the saying is you're only as good as your last game. I think that's an absolute load of rubbish. You're only as good as your next game is what I want to say. And, uh, and we're going to stick to that. So we won't be resting on this. We've got crew on Saturday. That's our next game. We've got to be good for that one. Judges after 46, as they always say. But we're writing it amongst... The teams like Sheffield Wednesday have, have come into it now. Oxford, Portsmouth are coming now. You know, there's been some crazy results tonight. Uh, but a 3-0 win at home was just what we needed. And uh, thank you, boys. You've delivered for me. I had faith. And I'd like to say that, you know, our owners have had faith with me. They've been nothing but supportive through this this little run. But to get the W back on the uh, on the forum guide is, uh, is a big moment for us. And uh, we want to go and back this up now and get another one on Saturday. Three goals, three points, and I'm guessing the next thing on the list was the clean sheet after a run of games where we've let a lot of goals in. Yeah, listen, we 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 have been sloppy at set pieces, you know, and, and I've said that, you know, the last six goals, I think five of them have been set plays. So we have to get better at that. I brought the boys in this afternoon for training to, to work on set pieces, and I don't usually do that on a game day, but sometimes as a manager, you've got to 
make them go through the hard yards, you know, and, and get them in and say, right, we haven't been good enough for this. We're working on this. Yesterday, we obviously worked on a little bit of a different method of going forward as well. I think there's a transition today. I think it's a, it's a moment where you look at that team and think, you know what? For the last six, seven, eight years, we've been total underdogs with absolutely nothing. We've got some good players in this side now, and we need to play to those players' strengths at times. Still, we've got the way we do things, the energy, the, the pressing, the the absolute sort of physical side that we, we pride ourselves on so much. But there's touches of quality now, real quality that you can see in the games, and, uh, and I think tonight was a, a real good turning point for us this season. Morgan Mometi McCleary playing off Stan Vokes. I mean, that, that should get home fans purring here. There's three internationals in that, and there's one probably international when he starts playing for Albania. So uh, you can't dismiss the attacking flair that those boys have got with Lewis winging behind, who I thought was, again, his best performance for us so far, you know. I think we're, we're growing as a team, and, and Dave back in the goal, he, you know, he looked superb, he looked confident, and the way he. he uh, gave that ball out and distributed that ball tonight was was super so yeah I'm really pleased with the result but it's it's only one game you know I'm 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 not going to get carried away it's only one win in seven now so but it's one win in one for me and uh, and I'll take that and those three players I've just mentioned Saleh Kaikai has been on really good form of late um, and I guess the message was that if you're going to start you've got to, you've got to keep your place by by giving me the performance yeah big calls you know Saleh coming out and, and Brandon who's been in great form as well we score goals we know we can score we've done it all season it was keeping them out that was important uh, I went to a four tonight you know I'm not you know, we got to the top of the league with a three at the back um, in, in at the end of January. Um, but we looked solid as that four today, and uh, and I was pleased. We've got different ways of playing. Scouts can come and watch us and and try and work out what we're going to do. And I said to the boys, being unpredictable is a real big strength, um, and we're certainly that at the moment. It was a real good Wickham performance tonight, and uh, I might have to have a beer with Pete for Mardi Gras. Crew up next, they're bottom of the table, but I know what you're going to say. League One is a tough division and anyone could beat anyone. Anyone could beat anyone, you know. They've just won on Saturday, you know, so I know David Artel was here tonight watching us. Great guy. Uh, we're away from home, you know, and uh, and they gave us a scare early on in the season here. Last minute winner from Ryan Tafazola. So we're not taking anything for granted. You know, after that, we got Rotherham and, and Fleetwood and Portsmouth coming up. No game will be easy now but I know we're right in the mix. I believe that if there is a right time to drop out of the playoffs, we managed it. All I've said now is let's find the right time to get back in them and that'll be uh, after 46 games. Really pleasing to hear uh, such positivity from the manager, who of course doesn't lack positivity at the best of times. But uh, you know, as he said, it's only one win, uh, and hopefully they can build on that. A clean sheet, obviously very important. But as Gareth there has said, um, you know, there's that expression, isn't there? That you're only as good as your last game. But he sort of rubbished that and saying you're only as good as your next game. Yeah, and that's very true. Um, you know, I always find that actually he's almost more positive after they've lost than after he after they've won. Where when they win, it's very much sort of like you know keeping their feet on the ground and not getting carried away. And you know, and yes, the, you know that, that's Gareth completely to form. I think, and definitely, you know, Tuesday night will not mean nearly as much now if we don't manage to beat through away on Saturday. I'm really pleasing to see Gareth McCleary as well. Sort of, he seems to be coming into form just at the right time. 
He really does. Yeah, yeah. You know, great that he's come back from injury. Um, you know, I think it's, it's taken him a little while um, to, you know, to slightly find the form that we, we saw before he got injured. But yeah, yeah. You know, really, really good. Great that he's on the, the score sheet. And as you say, you know, just, just finding form at exactly the right time. He's been speaking to Matt uh, about uh, that form and uh, sort, of, sort of view from inside the dressing room as well to see, uh, you know, what's been happening in there of late. All the boys are putting a very good shift. We're all um, we're obviously tired, but it's what, what you need. We've, um, we've given everything today for the gaffer. For ourselves, we know recently a form hasn't been, been of best, but it's not a lack of effort that, that isn't getting those wins. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one. I can, I can definitely go home and I can see by tonight. Yeah, one win doesn't necessarily right all of those wrongs, but uh, as you say, it wasn't a lack of effort. What, what did you put that little run down to? Um... It's a few factors. Uh, probably a couple of the games not finishing our chances. Me, me setting a high standard myself. I know there's a couple of chances I can put away in certain games, and obviously set pieces, which we we as a team we're very good at normally. Um, so recent games we haven't been, um, but it's a collective, it's a, t- it's a team um, effort, and we all take it from the attack all the way to defence so it's no one culprit it's all of us as a team and we know we can do that Tonight everything did click at both ends and particularly pleasing for you as well to end uh, for you what's been a little goal drought I haven't scored so many before Christmas Yeah it's been a bit of a goal drought Um, yeah so I'm glad to get on the score sheet but obviously mainly just to get the win Um, we needed it we've been quite a few about a win Um, even the draws were probably some of the draws we should have won um, so yeah, just to get a, a good win here at Adams Park is, is the main thing. It's you that's walking away with the bubbly tonight, the sponsor's choice of man of the match, but Anis Mometi must have run you close as well. Uh, two big goals for him, obviously your assist for his second and, and, and what big shift he put in as well. Yeah, he did, definitely. Um, one thing with Anis, he's got all the technical ability as well, but he works his socks off and he's normally at the top of the running stats as well, so you know that you're going to get an effort from him. Um, he's done really well this season when he's played and yeah, well, Pretty much all the boys have done well when they've come in and played, so we know there's com- competition for places and we're going to have to keep performing to, to keep our place. Don't forget you can hear those interviews in full on Wanderers TV. Great to hear from, uh, well, we've had two Gareths so far and there's there's more Gareths to come on the show as well. We'll hear from... <laughs> Three doses of Gareth on the Wicked Wanderers, so you don't get that anywhere else. We'll, we'll try and get you more Gareths as the, as the week go on. Just if, if you're called Gareth and you'd like to contribute to the show, uh, get in touch with us. No, you don't have to. Um, that might be a new feature, though. Uh, still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Rondra Show, we will hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth again looking ahead uh, to the game against Crewe, uh, which will be his 500th in charge. That's quite exciting, isn't it? It is. That, that's um, Yes, who, who else could we have on? I'm just, just trying to think. Gareth Bale, maybe? Um, <laughs> Gareth Edwards. <laughs> Other famous Gareth. Gareth Hunt. <laughs> Bob in Arizona con- contributing Gareth. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear from Wickham Wanderers women's manager Dave Ward. Uh, we'll hear more from Bob, who's in Arizona, and we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth. But first, uh, as mentioned a little while ago, uh, with uh, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, uh, this week we're chatting to Stephen Toll, whose uh, brother played for the club as well. Uh, he lived in the area for a long time, uh, lived in Flagwell Heath, has only recently moved away from Loudwater 
and uh, we've been catching up with him to chat to him about uh, uh, some of his memories, including being an Isthmian League title winner. Uh, but first, as tends to be the case, uh, we asked him uh, how he first became a Wickham Wanderers player. To be perfectly honest with you, it, it stemmed back from a long, long time from playing basically um, school football at Flacco Reef. In um, you know, it sounds a weird start, but Mike Keane being a Flacco man used to always come along and um, watch every game that he could watch, he would watch. And he was the manager at the time, you know, so he used to watch over the fence and then he got involved with doing the flat relief under 10s, under 11s, 12s, 13s, 16s, you know, and all the way through got brought up with Mike through all the youth team football and then went into the men's at Flatwell and then just sort of it progressed from there and went on to... With, well, no other club apart from um, Wickham from Flackwell. And Mike bought a lot of young players from there, which was Paul West and myself and, you know, local people that he wanted to build a good team. Or, well, a good team, but a, a team around, you know. That must have made a real yeah. difference as well, to have so many local players in the side. It, I think it helped, yeah, because um, a lot of my friends used to come down and, you know, and it... It was good, you know, it was, well, and I say like local people because my brother was there as well and um, at Wickham and we played together as well and um, it, it all, everything sort of come together nicely. In actual fact, my brother was there before me, so. That must be really nice as well, having having a sibling at the club, but also, as you say, playing playing alongside him as well. Yeah, it was really good at the time, you know, it was absolutely fantastic. But it sort of like he came, he came to a sort of, basically a bit of a sticky end because he got knocked down by a car in Wickham, um, by the church in Wickham, and the car rode uh, when he was doing really well. He was being watched by a few clubs, I think, and what happened was, I think the car rode the curb on the corner to cut it and it smashed his knee, so he was in traction for weeks and weeks in hospital and then he lost his... He played after it, but he just lost his speed, you know. Of course. From what he was to what he turned out to be, you know, he could have been a oh, amazing player. But after that, it was a shame. It just sort of finished his, finished his strong football career, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, really disappointing for obviously him and, and your family as well. But you played in a number of defensive positions as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I basically, if, you know, if, if Mike said, you're right back, I was right back. If he said, you're sweeper, I was sweeper. It didn't matter to me if I was playing, I was playing. So... I was over the moon, you know, it was, a, it was a, basically, it's, it's quite an honour, you know, being a local bloke and then playing at Lokes Park, it was, well, it's great, you know, it's fantastic to drive up that hill at the side and then go into the ground, it was big, big ground there, it was a good feeling, you know. I was going to say, it really must make it being a local person as well, to, to be representing your local side. It did, it was, that was mostly the part of it all, really, and having sort of like a, quite a few local guys there as well. I mean, it made it more friendly. And obviously with Mike there and my brother and my best friend like Paul, one of my best friends like Paul West coming all the way through from county football and, you know, like district football and that coming up. We And then we both at Flackle and then we both went to um, there. It was really good, you know, it's quite, quite, quite nice, you know. But that was only sort of basically to get into the reserves, you know, because they had the reserves team then. And so from there, you sort of just played against all the 
the local teams that the first team were in and then basically um, played against the reserve sides and then if you did well you got called up if you didn't then you're back in the reserves you know it's quite nice you know no, definitely. I was just going to say we had uh, Mark Hill on the show uh, the other week. Uh, he was obviously um, someone who's at the club yeah. around the same time, but loads of other you yeah. know great names as well that you played alongside as well. Oh yeah, blimey! There was I've, I've got a few of the old pictures here, you know. And uh, Mark's in one of the ones that was in when we played um, Bristol Road. Uh, Bristol Rovers in the cup, in the FA Cup, and you know it, it's got so many decent players in that side. You know, in actual fact, it made you know I didn't put myself to being local, not sort of like didn't think himself as a fantastic player, but with having so many good players around you it makes your game so much easier. You know, make they make you look better than what you know, if you was on your own, I weren't a star but you was one of the eleven. But having so many people around you, you know, that was there like George Borg and Howard Kennedy, Steve Long and you know, Terry Glynn up front and Delhi and you know, it's oh it's amazing. Amazing amount of people. And Gary Lester, obviously, in goal, who, who sadly lost lost recently, he, he was at the club a yeah. long time and, and a real kind of legendary name in the in the team. Yeah, he was oh, he was immense, you know. When I first started, like it was sort of Maskell, uh, John Maskell was in goal, and when I first very first got into the first team, but that wasn't like. And then Gary took over from that, and cool, he was just different class. He was quality and a nice bloke, though. You know what I mean, like. He liked he liked to have a beer after the game, and it was so it was good atmosphere, very good atmosphere, good team morale, you know. And it must have felt great to have made over a hundred appearances because you know you must have felt really sort of established at the club because I guess not too many. Well, there's there's obviously a, a, a list, I guess, if you like, but not too many people have made over a hundred appearances for the for the club. No, no, it's it's good, but you know, like sometimes you play. You know, I think I think up there on the season, I think um, one of them, I think. He played. I think it was in in one season. It was a ridiculous amount because we were so, you know, because we was all in the B and Bs and all the local cups and all the Dylon Trophy then and different trophies. And you play. I think he clocked up seven, nearly seventy games in a season. You know, that's incredible. You couldn't imagine players doing that these days. No, no. I think I was one behind him, but I don't know why that was. But he. <laughs> He, he, but you think so? You clock him up, but it, you know it's, I was over there quite a period of time. But it just seemed as though it was—I don't know—I didn't, didn't have the belief in myself sometimes, and I—that's um, why sort of like a parted. I didn't. When new players come in, you sort of—I weren't strong character, you know. I was sort of not bullied, not anything, but you didn't feel as though you was worthy to be at such a good club. Do you understand what I mean? I'm trying to sort of say it in a. It was. It wasn't like um, I felt not that I wasn't. I didn't appreciate my own qualities in the game. If I could stand back and look, you most probably would have think differently, possibly. But you know, and then I sort of just when Mick went to uh, Mike Keane went to Marlow, then I went down there with him. You know, and and it was sort of like a sort of gradual sort of change. You know. Yeah, no, certainly. It sounds like you had a real sort of close bond with the manager as well, as you say, being from Flackwell as yeah. well, and, and it must have been great yeah. to play under him for you. Yeah, yeah, it's very... He was, he, well, he was he was just a family friend, you know. We used to go round there, and he used to come round to our house and that with my mum and dad and, like, his wife, Glenn, and they were a lovely family, you know. Especially with Kevin done so well as well, you know, in that. And so he, he certainly knew how to motivate people, but without being... He never used to <laughs> t- 
tell you, he used to ask you, and then you just just go and play for him. You know, it was great. That's really nice to hear because I guess many you know supporters would would only perhaps know him as the manager or, or perhaps know him from his, his sports shop in the towns. Or... Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was where we first. I mean, even from the under tens, you used to get a pair of boots. You used to go and see Mick, and him and or Viv Busby were in there, and they used to give you um, when it first started. They give you all the percentages off, and you said sometimes they'd bring a load of socks and stuff for training and just you know overshots and. He used to pass them out, and you know he was such a nice man, such a you know quality bloke. No, absolutely. Does it feel like a long time ago? We, we were chatting to Mark and saying it, 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 he says sometimes it does, and sometimes it feels like comparatively recently. I can remember so many games, you know what I mean, but you know in different ways. But it seems like yesterday. But I know just because, like, I'm just going to turn in October '62, and you think I was 21, I think, or 22 when I went there, and I think. My God, it's over forty years. You know what I mean. So, it, but it, you can still remember. I just, like I said, I can still remember because going to the Lakes Park and it, you know, in their clubhouse like a railway carriage. You know, just really long and straight. And but it's, it was just a good club. You know, very nice, very nice. Run very well with people behind the scenes with Bill Clear and you know different different people. Dave Springle with the physio and you know they were great men. You know. Are there any particular games which really stand out as, as highlights? Yeah, I mean, there was there was a few when we was, had a really good run on the... Um, I've got some of the programmes, actually, here, because I've still kept all my old bits and clippings, and only when my name's in them. But <laughs> the, <laughs> the programmes of when we was in the FA Trophy, and then we you know we got all the way through to the semi-final and had two legs against Altrin. I mean, that's 1980, yeah, so I'm 1960, so I was 22, yeah. So... Um, and then we got to the semi-final and we drew at their place, one each. And um, and then we had the home game and we thought, hang on, this is, you know, one step away from being at Wembley. You know what I mean? It was so massive. And and we was at, we weren't conference, we was issuing league then, you know, which made it even better because we were playing conference teams, you know. And we got beat 3-1 at home. And it was a, oh, so depressing to be so close and yet so far, if you know what I mean. No, of course. And it must have been brilliant to win the Isthmian League title as well, be part of that team. Yes, absolutely. That was great. It was a, it was, a, yeah, it was, I, I, but, you know, it was, like I said, it, it's, as much as it's, you know, a, a great, you know, it is a great thing to win it. It was, but you could understand why they won it. They had such a talented players, flair players, you know, good flair players. And once the ball got passed out of defence, it was down to them, and oh, they were so good going forward. And really did, it, good. did it feel at the time like you were part of a really special team or a really spot, uh, special sort of time in the, in the club's history? Yes, it did. To me, it did. You know, um, I felt, I felt, yeah, very, very sort of proud that you could be involved in a, you know, out of all the local people in the local football, and uh, you know, people just come off parks and playing, you know, local, you know, good standards, but local football like Hellenic Leagues and this and that, and then to step up to going into that, you know, versus some really good sides at the time, you know, and you sort of look back and you think, you know, you must have something, you know, to sort of hang on, you know, and, and do the amount of time that we did, you know. And the team had such great support around that time as well. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, 
I used to I used to have my old work colleagues, you know, wherever I work, I used to do chair making when I first started and used to have the old boys coming up, you know, and standing down there giving me a load of rubbish and <laughs> then they get it all the next day at work <laughs> shouting at you from down the bottom in the, the shed bit down the bottom and oh yeah, it's massive crowd so they was you know, thought you wouldn't think you could get it up for a, a non league Ishmian League team, if you know what I mean, but Wickham love their football, I think, you know, and the area. So what happened to you uh, after your time at the club? Well, like I say, I went um, went to had a bit of a turn at Marlow, and had, we went from sort of Division Three up to the Premier League in, in Marlow with Mike. You and I think and Bobby Dale was down there, and that you know it was sort of a time to move. It was not for everybody, but for me, it was a time to move on, and um, that was good times. But then. I sort of got an injury playing for local football um, and I twisted because you could do Sunday mornings and that and twisted and I was out for nearly a year and a half and it took me ages to come back and it was ligaments which has been hence the um, trouble with sort of two replacements now and two knee replacements and sort of basically semi-retired or retired basically. And you hear about so many players that are moving away or, or, you know, perhaps not even local at the time of their playing, but it's so nice that you've been, you know, associated with the area and lived in the area for so long as well. Oh, yeah, I've never, I've never, never played outside, really. I, I think one one of the games when a few of the boys, um, local lads, um, a lot of the black guys around um, Wickham who I was playing with at the time, you know, and they went across to um, Shelford St. Peter and... That was when I was coming back from injury. And I think Bobby Dale was across there as well. And I went across there and I, it took me ages to get back into it. But once I did, it got better and better. And then that, then you're getting older and older, aren't you? So, you know, it was sort of... You, you're coming down with your age, if you know what I mean, in standards of football. But it was good times, you know. And what do we find you doing these days? Nothing, basically. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm um, retired as, you know don't work anymore so like I said I've had the knee replacements which make it difficult and I've got sort of obviously arthritis in different parts of my body but not painful you know but they're there and um, you know copable um, uh, apart from that really I, I sort of like to just potter about doing a bit of stuff with my boys um, a bit of fishing here and there um son's just got a puppy dog <laughs> so we, we're puppy sitting at times <laughs> you know all different things but it just keeps you occupied keeps you ticking over you know and really nice for you to keep an eye on the club and, and how they're doing now especially as, as you played such a key part in it as well it you you look at it, i joke i joke with my boys i said well if it weren't for me they wouldn't be where they are now you know and i just sort of jokingly and and you but you do feel that you know if if we can weren't if if mike hadn't have Cherry picked a few of these players, and a few of them came from further afield. You know, like um, from London, like George Borg and Terry Glynn and people like that. I don't, or Mark Hill. I don't think they would have stepped up another level. But having those sort of type of contacts and what he knew, I think that I think Mike was quite a pivotal part of Wickham. I think personally to the next level. You know, um, and then I left. Wickham for a little while and then went to my I went got asked to go back to Wickham and played in the conference, you know, for a while. 
with Alan Gain, who was a nice guy as well. Um, and that went okay, actually. It was better than what I thought. And then that was with Mark Hill and different players, but everything moved on, you know, and they was they looked so good as players, you know. <laughs> you, feel, you feel like you're left behind, but you're not, or else you wouldn't have gone there, but you just didn't, you know, it just feel, felt weird, you know. There was such... Then you were getting some nice crowds in the conference, but it's a hell of a lot of travelling, you know. It was... I was working, like, doing roofing at the time and getting paid £50 a day, but going, having half a day off work to have an away game and I was getting paid like 30 quid at Wickham, I was losing, <laughs> I wasn't making no money, if you know what I mean, because <laughs> I was losing work, and then I was I was getting paid, you know, because that was, you know, that was it. It was, the wages were the wages, you know. I was a smaller player, whereas the bigger players might have been getting a bit of a chunk more, but, you know, that was, but that was part and parcel. That's learning and coming up, you know. Of course, it's so easy to forget, isn't it, with the, the full-time players of today? Yeah. But that's what I say. It's um, maybe at the time it, they thought it was a reasonable price, and then you just get on with it. It's sort of you know, it's not like anything that um, you 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 don't do it. I, I mean, to me, it wasn't the money at all. It was the actual the fact of the the ground, the people, and the surroundings. You know, it was good atmosphere. You used to get the complimentaries from Bill Clear and leave them on the gate for you mums and dads or whatever or your brother who wanted to come down if he weren't playing or you know and it was it was good yeah it was good times very proud yeah oh it's been fantastic to speak to you and share your memories thank you so much for your time oh no it's great it's lovely it's lovely to um, talk to you as well online on radio player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound still to come on the Wickham Wanderer show a final word from Bob (laughs) as is tradition on the programme. We'll catch up with manager Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, a quick note from today as well. Uh, Wickham Wanderers have been drawn against Ascot United in the semi-finals of the Bucks and Bucks Cup. Uh, the uh, date and kick-off time and ticket details have uh, yet to be announced for that. Another of the quarter-finals is still to be played as well, of course. In that competition, you might recall last month, uh, Wickham getting to the last four by beating Long Crendon at Tame with a 4-0 win. A great run-out for uh, some of the... Uh, fringe players of the squad uh, Wickham Wanderers women uh, manager Dave Ward uh, you might have heard today has announced he's leaving at the end of the season and uh, here are the factors which have led to that decision a lot of it is to do with where I live in comparison to Wickham which is some 50 odd miles away so my round trip just for training sessions and for home games is around about 100 miles round trip and I think after three years, it's just started to wear me down. But, and I, I'm not getting any younger. And, you know, I, I, I think looking at where the club is now on the female side of um, the club, from when I first came in in August 19 to what we have in place now, is a world apart. You know, we, we had some trust involvement through David Robertson, uh, rest his soul, and... That was really the start of when I came in and it it became more apparent the longer I was there that we actually needed to have the trust take more involvement um, so that we had a management structure behind us. And we established that just over a year ago under the chairmanship of Nigel Kingston. And I have to say that having that board there has just given so much more stability. And the other big change for us was that being able to get 
the player pathway from under 18 all the way through to first team by moving last season's under 18s into the reserved section so that they could then start experiencing senior women's football. And all of those things have actually fallen into place really nicely and uh, served us well this season, particularly in the younger age groups, not so much in the first team this season, but that's for other reasons. And I think having got the club to where it is now, I think now is a good time to step back, take a breath of fresh air and allow someone else to come in and build on that work. For me, as I say, I'm going to be the tender age of 64 by the time the new season starts. And I've been doing this for an awful long time in terms of having been a player, coach and manager in the men's non-league game and then coming into women's football about 14 years ago. It's been a long and varied career. So, um, yeah, lots of things have compounded. So, for me, it's about going back to being a, a fan again, I guess, and also being able to observe the progress of a lot of the youngsters that we have at Wickham currently, some of whom have already broken into the first team at the age of only 16. And I've got three of those regularly starting at the moment, which I think is testament to the development work we've been doing at the younger end of the age group. And, you know, for me, it's now about time to sit back and watch those players develop, catch up with former teammates, catch up with former players who are still playing and go and watch what they're up to and and just have a bit more flexibility around my time, really. Because I guess while you're doing it, you don't really get much chance to actually reflect on, you know, what's been achieved during your time at the club. But obviously, you must be so pleased that you've been able to bring, a, you know, some stability and also, you know, in the, in the raising the profile of both the women's game, obviously, but also the, the club itself, who, you know, just got promotion. And, and as you say, the players you've been able to bring in and, and the young talent you've been able to nurture as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the club is in, is in a very healthy place. You know, we've got a very good, um, relationship with the parent club obviously with having Tony Hatch on our board as well as the main club board is uh, very helpful in that respect and of course we've got the supporters trust who are very much firmly behind us and then of course we get the support and the profile through shows like your own and also at Wickham Sound uh, particularly at live games when we've had all of the young female teams there, along with their managers and coaches, they've enjoyed a really good day out and um, had a lot of interviews. Some nervous young ladies, but I think they've enjoyed it um, overall and getting out onto the pitch and meeting the players. So raising that profile has been really important um, in my time at the club. And from speaking to you, it feels like you, you, know, you feel that you're, you're leaving it in a really healthy state. Yes, I think so. I, I mean, the, the, the first team is probably not where I, I'd have liked it to have been, but we had, we, we've experienced so many injuries and it resulted in some players having to retire from playing before the start of the season. But this season, I lost captain Charlotte Bagshaw to a, a pre-season anterior cruciate ligament injury. Then I lost Bobby Lynch, who's one of our strongest and most experienced players I think it was second or third game into the league season, she did her ACL as well. And just last week in um, a Chairman's Cup game down at AFC Stoneham, uh, sadly Sarah Harrison also experienced an ACL rupture. And so three in less than a year has been a huge blow to us. And trying to replace the quality of player that I lost at the beginning of the season has been incredibly difficult. 
and coupled with the injuries, it's meant we've had to fast track some of the youngsters into the squad. Um, whilst they've got bags of ability, they, they lack some of the game experience. So it's a little surprise that some weeks we do really well and other weeks we do less well. But, you know, I, th- I think with the basis of the youngsters that we have and the core of the first team squad that um, remains from the senior group, there's plenty to build on for next season for whoever comes in to take on the role. And you've got one more league game remaining. I'm sure that the players will be keen to, to send you off on a high. Well, it's important that we send each other off on a high, really, because, um, like it or not, we're still theoretically at risk of being relegated. Games are running out for the size of playing catch-up at the moment, but mathematically it's possible they can overhaul us. I'm, I'm looking for Abingdon United to do us a favour and beat Woodley on Sunday. If they do that, I think Woodley are going to find it very difficult to close the gap, and they're sat bottom of the table at the moment. Oxford City could theoretically catch us, but they don't look capable at the moment. And Winchester, who our last game against, yeah, that's going to be quite a close fought battle, I think. But they may finish a place ahead of us, or we may retain our position ahead of them. So currently out of the nine sides, we're sixth, but that could fall as low as seventh or eighth. I'm hoping it doesn't, so I'm hoping that we can take some matters into our own hands a week on Sunday when we play Winchester and come away with all three points because the players worked incredibly hard and um, deserve better than they than results show I think just by the sheer endeavour uh, that they put into games and the fact that they're listening and progressing very effectively you know throughout the season especially with the youngsters coming in Well it's been great to speak to you obviously wish you all the best with uh, whatever comes next for you uh, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up with you uh, again in a couple of weeks anyway to sort of review the season yeah, that would be great, Colin. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I go with a, a lot of satisfaction, a lot of pleasure, and having had a very enjoyable experience uh, with Wicked Wonders Women. And of course, I'm looking to the end of season function as well, because I think that should be quite a good evening once we've got that organised. And um, yeah, hopefully go out with the band men. And we'll be hearing more from Dave Ward uh, with a season review of Wicked Wanderers Women uh, still to come in the coming editions of the Wicked Wanderers show. Uh, the chair girls losing by seven goals to one over the weekend in the Chairman's Cup. Uh, Shante Innes scoring the uh, uh, what proved, proved to be the consolation goal for Wickham, the next in action in their rearranged game against Winchester City Flyers a week on Sunday. That's the 13th of March. Obviously, wish them all the best for that. And uh, as mentioned, hopefully they'll go out on a high. Uh, Wickham Wanderers in action on Saturday, of course, at Crew. Crew currently bottom of the table. Been speaking to manager Gareth Ainsworth to uh, preview that, but also uh, to look back on the last couple of games as well. As I said in the press after the game, you know, the, the win is uh, is great, but... You know, I think we've only been off it really in in uh, in the one game. You know, I think we've we've only been off it in uh, in the game against Wigan. I think that was a that was a real a real test for us, and I thought they were they were a good side. But all the other games, you know, I think we've uh, we've been well in. Performances have been there. We've had loads of shots. Accrington, we know what happened. You know, they just stepped on us big time. But um, the the performances have been there. The win just is something that we needed, and a, a great clean sheet a confidence boost for everybody and uh, some great performances on the night as well I think you said after the game that you've been working on something a bit different uh, which which has sort of come across in the game was that sort of all it needed really or, or has it been just the case that you've kind of stuck with the way things have been going and you, you've been confident that, that a win would come sooner or later anyway I think what happens is that when, when things don't go your way sometimes you tense up and sometimes you make decisions that 
you know, under pressure, you, you can often make decisions that aren't the right ones. Or, And I think there was a little bit of tension up, a little bit of fear in the boys. We seem to become very predictable on a couple of things. And, and I, I just wanted to make sure that we know what, what our strengths are, but also... You know, we can we can be unpredictable. We can mix things up, and uh, and I think that was important to work on. As I said again after the game, I think as well as you know the, the championship last year and new signings and the Cooies coming in. I think football wise, this season is probably going to be our, our big transition season football wise because of the old guard of if your Bloomfields and your Akinfem was there. You know, they're finishing this year and. Uh, you know, we've lost one or two of the older players, even your Beans, your Tysons, your Mikael Smith, all that stuff. You know, the uh, Jacobson, obviously a year older now, and, and and all that sort of old guard that has served us for so many years so well at this club. We wouldn't have made anything without those people. We wouldn't even you know be the club we are. I think we've got this new crop coming through now, which is uh, football as a, as a whole is different in general, is so different. But we've got some really talented players on the ball, some real individual stuff that um, isn't always great, but if you get it working in a team, then uh, then it's fantastic. And and I think we saw the, the start of that on the, on Tuesday night where, you know, we're, we're being a bit braver on the ball. We're playing to people's strengths. But I won't let it get out of hand where people start thinking better than they are either. You know, you've got to, you've got to stay grounded. There's a real fine balance in this and uh, we've got to work that balance. But I think, you know, the... Uh, in the next games and years to come, this this club will be changing again the way it, it looks and the way it is. You know, like I say, it's uh, it's it's football. It's the evolution, and uh, and you can't stand still too long. And, and we're definitely not going to do that. Does it feel like certain players are coming into form, perhaps at the right time? Obviously, Gareth scored on on Tuesday night, and Anis as well, and Sully's done especially well recently in Jordan as well. Yeah, I, do you know? Uh, I think Brian back from injury was brilliant on, on Tuesday. I think that was that was a big plus for us as well at the back. I think that came at the right time because uh, you know we'd let a few goals in. We've had people who served us so well, and we got we were top of the league four or five weeks ago. You know, so there wasn't anything majorly wrong. But I just think there's a tiny little mental shift sometimes when you get towards the end of a season and you've played all season and things become tighter and bigger teams start to become in. And so I think. As you say, big players come in good at the right time. If there is a good time to do it, I think we drops out of the playoffs at the right time because I think there's something now to strive for to get back in, into these. And uh, rather than fearing and being the hunted, we're definitely the hunter. And I think we're always we're always good as the hunter. We're always good as that one who can we catch somebody? Can we can we upset people? I think we're always good at, at that at Wickham Wonders. Um, and I'm sure there's a few of these bigger so-called digger clubs looking over their shoulders now thinking have Wickham fallen away as their form have they lost it or are they coming back now because look at the names on the team sheet and some of them you won't even know your Mimetis and your Farinos but believe me they're going to play a big part in this uh, in this running and also in terms of injuries you don't seem to have too many uh, unavailable which sort of bodes well going forward as well yeah Curtis Thompson obviously had the big tackle at the end of the Cheltenham game he's uh he tweaked his knee ligaments, I think. So um, he will be the only one missing from from any action. I mean, uh, Dominic Gape came back and, uh, and performed really well at Accrington, you know. But he, he knows uh, he's he's got to build his match fitness up, and we don't want to risk Dom at all. Um, and, and the likes of Joe Jacobson, you know, out of the squad on Saturday on, on Tuesday, sorry, and uh, and you know, it, it just shows how far the club is coming and, and where we are. And Joe's a fantastic player. And, played a proper captain's part in the dressing room before the game but um, 
you know, he's uh, he's definitely one of those players I mentioned that is uh, without him, this club would be nowhere near where it is now. You know, it's uh, it's, it's brilliant. We've got all these players, these superb servants, guiding these new new crop of players into uh, into the, the right wick and way. And uh, I'm not talking about style of football. I'm talking about culture, and uh, and that's uh, that's what they do. But back to the injury side, things, the physios. Kian, Ali and Isaac um, have been fantastic keeping everyone fit keeping everyone fresh for me and Dave Waits and Ben Sayers on the loading as I said they, they, these are huge in the game injuries can really cause problems for football clubs in there touch wood we've had very few this season and uh, and hopefully we can continue that till the end of the season So what sort of challenge are you expecting on Saturday at Crew? Yeah big challenge they've just won a game you know so their tails are up and, uh, and they're fighting for their lives they've got nothing to lose at all they're coming to the division David Ottel um, has done really well getting them up, uh, and it's we were there. We were there three, <laughs> only three years ago. Crazy to think that. Or to, to think maybe four now. We can say that our first season in League One for for quite some time, and all we wanted to do was survive. And uh, and if we'd have gone down, people would have probably accepted it and gone, okay, yeah, we're, we're wicked. We've only just got up, and I think that's what crew are thinking now. You know, um, nothing to lose. They can still do it without a shadow of a doubt. So. You know they'll be they'll be spying and scrapping for the points at uh, you know Gretzky Road on, on Saturday. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll be uh, warning my players that they will not be resting on anything. We've uh, my new saying is you're you're only as good as your next game. That's my new saying because uh, I'm uh, I'm sick of people saying you're only as good as your last game because I think it's an absolute absolute stupid statement. Of course you're not as good as your last game. If you if you if you lost your last game but you won the Premier League. It, you won the Premier League. You're not, you're not as, as good as your last game. So it's you're only as good as your next game. And our next game is crew. And we we really have to be focused and back up what we did on Tuesday. Otherwise, um, you know that that would be a, a bit of a pin in a bubble because at the moment everyone's confident and uh, everyone's buzzing with the with the result. I'm good to have Ryan back. He scored twice against crew last time. <laughs> he certainly did a right foot last minute equaliser. I remember that one. So uh, he's. Uh, He's definitely a, a, bit, a big asset to this club, you know, and I think um, me and Ryan have sat down and had some real good chats lately and uh, and, and spelled out what, what we, you know, what we both are looking for this season, for the rest of the season for him. And, uh, and if we can keep him fit, Ryan Tapper's always a fantastic centre-half when he's in form. And, uh, and alongside, we've got Andy Stewart, we've got, you know, we've got um, Chris Perino pushing both of them and, uh, and Joe Jacobson, who can play there, Jack Grimmer, again, another absolutely fantastic player. So, you know, I've got plenty of options, and, and, and young Jack Wakeley. You know, we haven't seen he's had a, a terrible season injury-wise. You know, in his his first real professional season. So, believe me, he's he's a real good asset as well. And uh, and so I'm blessed with these central defenders doing well. Um, hopefully, we can uh, we can keep more clean sheets, and uh, and Ryan can be at the heart of that. And just finally, a big congratulations to you and Warby, your 500th game in charge of the club. Oh yeah, sneaked up on me, believe me. And, uh, <laughs> The first person to remind me was uh, the opposition manager on uh, on Tuesday. So Mark Bonner, who I've uh, got a great deal of respect for, he came came up to me at the end of the game and said, "Right, I need to now come and speak to you after the game to see what it takes to uh, to manage 500 games because uh, I'd love to get there." Um, which I thought was a really nice comment. And so he was the one who reminded me it was. Um, I'm sure that you know it'd be a it'd be a nice occasion, but. I would love to mark 500 with a with a win. That'd be fantastic. Amazing that we're talking about Gareth having his 500th game, uh, as you do think. Goodness me, you know, I, I know he's been here a long time, but at the same time, that's a phenomenal amount of games. Especially when you think, you know, we joked the other week that Matt Bloomfield has been at the club for 23 Watford managers. 
<laughs> yes, yes, exactly that. Um, uh, how many Watford managers has, has Gareth been a uh, wicked manager? <laughs> not quite as many, I don't think, but it's probably not far I, off. I, 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 I would have been so impressed if you had that statistic straight to hand. <laughs> um, I keep, by the way, uh, just to, to so that there's a little bit of references to, to me being in America, um, I should say I have all my Wicked Wanderer shirt, um, or my, my various shirts. Um, as I'm not just wearing the same one, I'm being very smelly. Um, but nobody's mentioned it at all. And I thought in Las Vegas, where obviously you get quite a lot of English people and whatever, somebody would say something. Um, but no, nobody said anything at all. And I've seen people wearing uh, Arsenal shirts, Spurs, um, Manchester United, and even a guy wearing a Chelsea shirt um, who I made the mistake of uh, speaking to and saying, what did you think about um, Roman Abramovich? Um, and he looked at me and said, was that a player? Um, and so <laughs> oh. that, that conversation didn't last very long. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was just like, uh, I suppose it's a bit like me. So so yesterday I, I went to see the Phoenix Suns base, uh, basketball team. You see, I'm not even sure which sport they play. Um, and, and so I bought one of their T-shirts and then the person next to me at the game was asking me what the starting lineup was. Um, and I did have to say, oh, um, sorry, I'm not even quite sure how many players start in, in, in basketball. <laughs> I'm not from around here. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. I'm not from around here, even though I'm wearing one of those shirts. Um, so definitely lesson learned. Don't, just because somebody is wearing a particular shirt, necessarily go and speak to them thinking that they will have knowledge. Um, but if any anyone is listening uh, from America uh, who sees a rather tall person wandering around wearing a Wigan Wanderers shirt, feel free to come up to me and speak about Wigan Wanderers because I'll be really, really pleased. So you've not yet met anyone from the worldwide Wigan Wanderers phenomenon, but next week no. uh, you, you could well be speaking to uh, uh, someone who is, is very well uh, connected to the club. Well, and this is the thing. So, you know, I didn't really expect to see many people uh, supporting Wickham Wanderers out in Phoenix. Um, but next week, yeah, I am going to the, what, what I consider the, you know, is really the home of the Wickham Wanderers worldwide phenomenon, um, if you don't count Adams Park, uh, which of course is New Orleans, which is, is where the Cooley family are from, or they're from the, the state of Louisiana. Um, so, yes, so I'm going to try and catch up with Rob. Uh, and I'm also looking forward to going to, to Mrs. Shop. Um, as well, which is a couple of hours apparently outside uh, New Orleans. So as long as I don't get lost on the way, um, then I shall be bringing you some reports. Probably not actually on next week's edition of the Wicked Wanderer show, but the, that will be the week after. Oh, definitely something to look forward to. Though. I shall be listening myself. Well, I'll be, I'll be obviously listening. <laughs> <laughs> my, my only worry is that something important will happen at the club and then they'll both have to fly into you know, back to the UK and then actually I'll just be in Louisiana for no reason. But, you know, there's, there's plenty to do there. There might be some other member of the Kuwig family you can speak to them. That would be good, actually, yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, 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 uh, any Kuwig will be absolutely fine. <laughs> It'll be worth the trip just for that. De- definitely, yes. I'm, I, I'm sort of playing Kuhig happy families. I'm happy to collect any member of the Kuhig family. <laughs> As has become tradition on the show, I think it only right and proper that, that we leave the final words of the week to you. <laughs> oh, no, I knew you were going to say that. Um, yeah, definitely... Uh, don't go up to somebody uh, who's wearing a Chelsea shirt um, in America and start speaking to them about football because they give you a very strange look and it's a little bit embarrassing. And, And strangely, it was more embarrassing for me than it was for him, even though it should have been the other way around.